Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seeing Through Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host, Sam, from that YouTube channel Seeing Through Glass, and those of you that have been waiting for the kind of usual weekly episode where I'm joined by Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales, apologies, there is no usual weekly episode this week. Um, and that is because the world of F1 has been kicking off. Uh, as much as Tony is a sort of F1 viewer, he's not a sort of nerdy fan like me. And I really want to nerd out on the world of F1 in this episode. So I, I told him to take a week off. Um, but don't worry, he'll be back. Regular episodes will resume next week. So next Monday, Tony will be back for the regular format. Um, those of you that aren't sort of big F1 fans or really don't care about it at all, you may want to skip this episode. However, uh, the, the state of the sport has been so dramatic over the last five days that maybe it will interest you to, to, to continue uh, listening. Also, I have a bit of a sort of juicy surprise towards the end of the episode because I had a chat with Formula One world champion Nico Rosberg yesterday. Yes, actual Nico Rosberg. And that's because on Sunday, uh, I'm going to be participating in the next uh, F1 eSports challenge, which is kind of Heineken Legends special. Uh, so basically, uh, this is a series that Formula One have been doing are using F1 2019. Um, and on Sunday, Nico Rosberg, David Coulthard, I think Robert Dornbos and Roberto Carlos, the footballer, are going to be participating in a whole load of sort of challenges, one of which is a race against sort of a load of online celebrities. That's an awful thing to say, isn't it? Recognizable online personalities, which apparently I am one. So yes, I'm going to be racing. Nico Rosberg, David Coulthard, all those people I just mentioned uh, on Formula One 2019, uh, the game uh, using a simulator, which was very kindly sent to me by Heineken. So big thanks to those guys. Uh, so yeah, I had a chance to chat with Nico yesterday. Didn't really have a chance to sort of quiz him too much about the crazy driver changes. We spoke about it very briefly, uh, but then it was more to talk about what would be happening on Sunday. Um, but always great to catch up with him. So so yes, stay tuned. That's towards the end of this episode. But look, let me sort of, you know, bring you up to speed just in case you haven't seen all the news uh, from this week. Uh, maybe you've been, you know, I don't know what you've been doing, but, but maybe you haven't seen it. So uh, earlier on in the week, the shock announcement came that Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari were ending their partnership at the end of 2020. Now, I say shocking. It was, but I don't think it was that surprising, if that makes any sense, because on this podcast and in many forms of media, 
it has been discussed for quite a while now whether Vettel maybe was going to be sort of running out of time at Ferrari. 2019 wasn't really his year. Charles Leclerc kind of stepped up to the plate and slightly up, you know, upset the mold in the sense that he outperformed Vettel and Vettel made some sort of some uncharacteristic mistakes, but maybe they weren't that uncharacteristic. But anyway, he was looking unsettled and people started to say, well, maybe this is going to be the end of his time uh, at the Prancing Horse or with the Prancing Horse. Uh, and whilst those conversations have kind of died down, because obviously Formula One hasn't really been able to kickstart its season like so many other sports because of the coronavirus pandemic, um, it, it, it's it's it, it took us by surprise that they announced it. But I think people were like, OK, well, you know, we, we kind of get it. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Uh, but yes, they, they announced that, that as of the end of this year, whether we race or not, uh, they, they were going to be calling an end to their time uh, together. Which, you know, it is sad because Vettel, he's a kind of Marmite character, isn't it? I think um, people love him or hate him. I always found him quite hard to support on track, uh, but thought he was the nicest guy in person and in real life. But I, was, I often would supporting whoever he was racing, his kind of rival. So I would always be like, boo Vettel. Um, but he's obviously a very talented guy. You don't become four-time world champion without talent. It did feel like that kind of blown diffuser Red Bull era was his era of the sport. And, and since we've moved on, to the sort of the hybrids, um, it, it hasn't quite worked out for him in the same way. He hasn't looked as confident, uh, hasn't looked been sort of you know as capable as he was back in those Red Bull days. But still had a huge amount of victories. I think he's the third most successful Ferrari driver ever. That can't be knocked and ignored. Um, but he definitely went to Ferrari with the kind of aim of uh, reenacting is the wrong word, but you know, but. Blah, blah, blah. He, his hero always, Michael Schumacher. That's what, that was his sort of inspiration. And I think he wanted to live up to the success that Schumacher had um, over at Ferrari, but didn't quite happen for him. Uh, so sad to see him move on. But the question is, I suppose, what happens now? Where does he go? What does he do? And we're going to come back to it in a little bit. Um, but quite interestingly, I thought in the sort of, in his, his statement when they announced that he would be leaving the team, he very much spoke about sort of reflecting on life and the fact that coronavirus had made him sort of take some time out and look at what he wants and what's important to him. And it kind of almost sounded like he said he was going to retire. But I think the thing is, if he was going to retire, it would have been a retirement announcement. He would just would have, would have come out and said, guys, I'm stepping back from the sport. Um, but, but no, he didn't. So I do think he is still looking for somewhere to race. Um, but, but the statement, I read a lot into his statement. Um, but anyway, let's come on to the sort of the, the other two big stories from the week before coming back to, you know, where does Vettel go now? Or what happens to Vettel now? Because quickly the rumor mill began. Who's going to replace Sebastian Vettel? What's going to happen? And it became quite clear quite quickly that Carlos Sainz and Daniel Ricciardo were the two favorites for Vettel's Ferrari seat. Uh, both kind of uh, theoretically out of contract uh, towards the end of 2020 as well uh, and have potential to uh, move around. And, and it seemed to be that's who Ferrari were kind of eyeing up. Plenty of other people out there that they could have potentially gone with. Uh, a sort of real outside rogue choice of Sergio Perez. Uh, let's not forget that back in the day, he was sort of touted as a future Ferrari Formula One world champion when he was still at Sauber. Then he went the McLaren route instead. Um, I, I put a tweet out saying, what about Daniel Kvyat? Let's not forget he took a, a year out uh, as their test driver when Red Bull sort of, you know, dumped him so uh, unceremoniously a few years ago. Um, and then, of course, Antonio Giovinazzi, who's been racing for Alfa Romeo, but I think all three of those felt like pretty outside choices. Um, and so it did come down to kind of science or Ricardo. I think a lot of people wanted to see Danny Rick and 
News came later in the week uh, that it was going to be Carlos Sainz. So that is now the confirmed lineup for Ferrari in 2021, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Now, I'm actually a bit of a Sainz fan. Uh, attending a few races last year, 2019, he has a huge sort of star appeal in the paddock, I felt. Like every race I went to, he seemed to have endless fans chasing him around, seemed to be shaking hands with all the sort of the big players in the paddock. And he got some amazing results, very consistent results. Okay, not too many headlines apart from that uh, surprise podium in Brazil. But sixth in the Drivers' Championship is pretty damn impressive. Okay, fine. McLaren were fourth in the Constructors, so arguably he should have been seventh. Um, but because of Red Bull's, you know, sort of uh, uncertainty with their second driver, switching from Gasly to Albon, it opened up the opportunity for him to steal sixth. And he did. Uh, and I think that that's impressive and, and can't be ignored. He hasn't maybe had the chance to do the big shouty results of the likes of a Verstappen and a Leclerc, etc. But will he now get that at Ferrari? I would assume, looking at Ferrari's past, they've signed him as a kind of, you know, a number two driver, a solid number two. They've definitely invested in Leclerc. They think he's their future star. He's the guy who's going to go on and win championships for them. And it would be very un-Ferrari for them to put what they feel were two highly competitive young drivers into the team. So I think they do feel like Leclerc's got the upper hand of science. But I think once Carlos kind of, you know, beds himself in, I think he's going to be a strong competitor there. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a Hamilton-Bottas situation. I think it's far more likely to be a sort of Raikkonen-Massa uh, kind of deal. Is that fair? I'm not really sure who else has been evenly matched over the years. But anyway, um, you know, th there we have it. So let's wait and see. But Carlos Sainz confirmed for Ferrari, which meant there was an empty seat at McLaren. And obviously, kind of people have figured out by this point, if Ferrari chose Carlos, Danny Rick would more than likely go to McLaren, which he has now done. So confirmed 2021 McLaren's lineup, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Now, some of you will know this, not all of you will know it, but before uh, Danny Wick signed with Renault, uh, when he left Red Bull, he very nearly signed with McLaren, but chose Renault at the last minute. So it kind of feels like Renault was a bit of a hiccup, a bit of a blip, um, and he's ended up where he kind of should have been in the first place. But if you look back at 2018, Renault were definitely outperforming McLaren quite, quite sort of, you know, strongly. Uh, and it, it seemed like the more obvious choice. But last year, 2019, McLaren obviously had a very, very strong year and looked like they were on the sort of upward trend. So I think it's exciting. I know social media went mad for the thought of Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo in a team because two of the sort of ultimate jokers and prankers of the Formula One grid are now being teamed together. It reminds me a bit of a Lacey and Berger at Benetton or Ferrari. Um, you know, just two guys, you know, a lot of fun, big characters, big personalities. Uh, I hope McLaren soon, you know, reach the top three or, or, or challenging for race victories and podiums. And I, I think for McLaren to have Daniel Ricciardo on board, they've got a proven race winner there now, which is maybe what they needed. Because as, as impressive as Sainz and Norris were last year, um, you know, Danny Rick is the kind of guy that steals victories and podiums out of nowhere. If you look back at his track record, he's not always in a position on the grid or going into a race to kind of be ending up where he has. Um, and a lot of his victories have come kind of, you know, from surprising situations. So I think he's the kind of guy that will push McLaren even further forward. Uh, and I think it's a big scoop for them. So fingers crossed that kind of pans out. But I have to say, it's pretty damning for Renault. Um, you know, they paid big, big money. It was a big scoop for them when they signed Danny Rick. Really impressive. Everyone was like, wow, that's, you know, that's a big sort of a certification of their intent. Um, and now for Danny to kind of fly out the door as quickly as he has done after one fairly dodgy season. I, I, if I was Renault, I'd be pretty upset. And it makes me question how long we're going to see Renault in the sport. You know, they like to come and go as a manufacturer anyway. 
And with all this coronavirus stuff going on and global financial pressures, I just worry if they're now going to go, well, what is the point? However, they have the chance to kind of scoop two of the biggest names around the sport for the last 10 years because let's now come back to Mr. Sebastian Vettel. Uh, basically a free agent as far as we know unless he sort of already pre-agreed a contract with someone that just hasn't been announced. Theoretically a free agent and there are still a ton of seats available uh, on that 2021 grid. Um, however, I do think it's sort of unlikely we're going to see him go to a midfield team. I don't think this is a kind of like a slow decline towards retirement. I don't, I don't think we're going to see him at Alfa Romeo or Racing Point, Aston Martin, any of those likes. So I think he's going to try and remain competitive. Renault, you'd have to say, is a bit of a gamble. Um, you know, they, they had a pretty shocking 2019 and they didn't look miraculously quick in 2020 preseason testing. But who knows? They are, of course, a manufacturer team um, with lots of sort of, you know, investment and opportunities. So maybe he sees that challenge and he likes it. But it's a bit of a gamble. For Renault, it would be amazing, I think. If Renault picked up Vettel, that would be a big, big shout. And for them, it would help with their PR story. And fundamentally, financially, they sort of got used to having to pay Ricardo. So I'm sure they could stomach having to pay Vettel as well, who is the second highest paid driver or was the second highest paid driver in F1. Vettel's kind of only realistic other choice is Mercedes. And, and some of you might be like, What? Um, but let me come back to that. Red Bull, I think, is a no-go because even though they haven't confirmed Albon yet for 2021, I think they will do so. And let's not forget, Verstappen is locked in at Red Bull. And Vettel hasn't handled competitive teammates well in the past. If you look at Daniel Ricciardo back at Red Bull and then obviously Charles Leclerc more recently, I don't see him wanting to take on Verstappen, especially in a team that's been really built around Verstappen in recent years. Uh, and Red Bull kind of came out pretty quickly saying, look, we're not going to be able to afford Vettel. We're not really looking at him. So I would be surprised to see him go back there. Mercedes uh, actually haven't confirmed either of their drivers of 2021 yet. I think we're all strongly suspecting that, that Hamilton will renew his contract there. Obviously, those rumors of him potentially going to Ferrari at some point got pretty quickly squashed at the beginning of this year. I feel like last year, maybe it was a Hamilton negotiating tactic to kind of say, oh, I'd love to drive for Ferrari. Um, but yeah, that did kind of get squashed at the beginning of this year. And it looks pretty likely that he'll resign with Mercedes. Why not? They're the best team and they have such global appeal. It's, it's easy for him to kind of expand his brand with Mercedes as a whole. Bottas is the big question mark, though. Um, you know, he's been getting year extensions each year. He's really not been looking convincing, um, you know, in that sort of position. Yes, he's a solid number two, but he didn't even do that fantastic a job last year, I don't think, in that number two seat. And whilst Mercedes probably quite like uh, the sort of calm situation away from the, you know, the Rosberg-Hamilton years, I think they would, I don't think they could ignore an opportunity to sign Sebastian Vettel, especially as a German team, getting a German world champion into that car. I think they would quite like that. However, the bill to have Hamilton and Vettel on the same team, I think would be, would be pretty outrageous. And, you know, they, there are question marks as well about Mercedes, you know, intentions to stay in the sport long term and past 2021. Uh, and, you know, to sign the two highest paid drivers, the most successful drivers in the sport. Yeah, it's a big financial commitment. So I don't quite see it. So so where does it leave Vettel? Who knows? Um, I have to say that I do think maybe he's headed towards retirement. Um, I'm just surprised he didn't announce that. Um, let's wait and see. It's exciting times, but that's definitely, I think, the big 
the big piece that we're waiting to see where it falls. Uh, the other sort of small thing that I should mention is obviously social media went a bit mad uh, when uh, Ricardo left Renault with the thoughts that maybe this could be Alonso's opportunity to return to the sport. A lot of noise has been made around Alonso over the last sort of six months or so and his desires to get back into F1. And obviously he won his two world championships with Renault at that Endstone team. He returned there after his disastrous year with McLaren before moving to Ferrari. It would kind of be poetic, I think, for him to go and rejoin the sport with Renault. Um, I'm not that fussed if it happens or not. I've never really been a big Alonso fan. And I feel like if I was Renault and I was trying to rebuild this team and try and get back to winning ways, would I want Alonso on board? I'm not sure. You know, his reputation isn't fantastic for team morale, team building. He tends to divide the teams quite a lot in the garage. Um, and I think it's... I don't think it would be the right, you know, sort of person to bring on board to help push the whole sort of team forward. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? And, you know, he's definitely he would still know a lot of the the members of the Renault team from his days there, um, you know, probably back in what, 2008, 2009. So let's wait and see. It's so interesting. It's so exciting. We haven't had one race this year. However, this week has just made the sport unbelievably exciting again um and so the big chess piece really is you know, what's going to happen with sebastian vettel where does he try and end up um i'm sure he's on the phone to a few different teams just sussing things out but but i do see personally see mercedes and renault as his only options um lots of talks of whether he could go to indycar he's never really spoken about indycar has he but i guess maybe because there's talk now that ferrari could be going to indycar so many unknowns but maybe this won't be the last f1 special podcast of the year depending on what happens um but for now i'm going to hold breath uh, and i'm going to switch to my chat with nico rosberg from yesterday so as a reminder for you uh, on sunday i'm going to be participating in the f1 esports challenge series heineken legends special uh where i will be racing against nico rosberg david Coulthard, robert dornbos roberto carlos the footballer and a whole load of other people tune in from 6 p.m. UK time on the F1 YouTube channel and many other areas. I'll put a lot of posts on my social media so you can check out where to see it. But uh, but yes, uh, we'll take a short break. And then when I'm back, I'll be joined by Nico Rosberg. I hope you enjoy. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Nico, I think we last saw each other at Abu Dhabi at the end of last year when I, I made you promise that uh, I could one day drive your Formula One car for a video. <laughs> I'm not sure if you agreed or not. 
Yeah, um, that was really pushing things a little bit. I mean, <laughs> never say never. It could still happen. The chances are uh, kind of slimming at the moment. Unfortunately, with the world the way it is, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. But um, who would have thought back then that, you know, if we'd said that there hadn't been a Formula One race by June next year, I think we both would have thought we were crazy. But that's the way we've ended up. Add on top of that, all the different driver, driver changes. I mean, without even, without even having had a race. It's unbelievable. What a week we've had. I mean, it's been ridiculous out of nowhere. So I think we were all getting kind of a little bit bored. And did you see any of it coming? Um, no, not really at all, actually. No, because I, I no, uh, would have expected Vettel to, to, to remain at Ferrari. Thought, uh, I thought uh, Ricciardo, well, where would he go? I don't know. I didn't think things would spiral out of out of control so quickly so quickly but then also all the parts fell into place so quickly that's what was so weird like you know from the announcement that Vettel was leaving suddenly it was like oh yeah science is in Ricardo's off to McLaren bish bash bosh believe me the time it takes to figure out contracts in the background like things just don't click in like that you know it takes weeks and weeks and weeks to negotiate get contracts done so and to manage all of them to keep it so confidential and then just bang 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 it out all in one go that's pretty impressive and uh, obviously Vettel was the was the key off the chain absolutely I, I don't know about you but i'm now like desperate for the 2021 season just to be here just to start like <laughs> that's all i want of course yeah we're all we're all looking forward to you know we're all f1 fans we all love to watch the racing so the sooner it can get going the better and i i know for the who would theoretically be at those tracks it sucks that they can't go then um but for all of us come on i mean uh we, we all prefer to see races without fans of the track than no races so I think it's a good compromise and um, can't wait, can't wait to get going and, and see who's going to come out the, out the blocks first. And I also think it will be interesting because we mustn't underestimate, like take, take Roger Federer as an example. If Roger Federer would stop practicing tennis for five months and then go to the Grand Slam straight away, I guarantee you his skill would be so far off where he was before that period. And that's going to be the same for the F1 drivers because the F1 driver skill is exactly that kind of finesse skill that's required to be great at tennis. It's exactly the same thing. And some guys are going the simulator route. Some guys are not doing a simulator. I, 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 it seems to be like Hamilton. Um, and I, I'm not sure. I mean, I would definitely have gone the simulator route. Uh, I would have practiced like crazy because... Chances are it can help a little bit. And if it does help a little bit, it's going to make a big difference. Yeah. I literally was going to ask you that because, yeah, we've seen a huge like uh, disparity in, in how different drivers are sort of coping, but also because of the world of social media. I mean, most evenings I'm sitting there watching Charles Leclerc dressed as a banana racing on F1 2019. And I, and I can't tell whether I think it's really fun and cool or whether it slightly removes some of the like, you know, the shine or the star appeal of a Formula One driver. But but yeah, so would you have been jumping on F1 2019 or whatever just to just to get some kind of practice? Uh, certainly, I would have done that. I would have done hours and hours every day, and I'm pretty sure I would have joined the uh, actual um, esports series championship as well, just to keep in the rhythm, you know, keep the adrenaline going, keep needing to perform under pressure. It's all practice, and I I practice like crazy in back in my day, and I would have tried to practice as much as I could if I was in their situation. Amazing. Well, I, so do, what about now? Because the reason that we're talking is that on Sunday, somehow, we're going to be racing each other online, virtually on a good old esports game, thanks to, thanks to Heineken and F1. Um, but, but do you, are you a sort of gamer? Do you, do you do any of the sim racing nowadays? I used to be really quick sports world, but 
but uh, I haven't played, I don't know, in 10, in whatever, how many years, five years, six years. Uh, so I'm at zero. I'm starting at absolute zero. <laughs> I'm secretly hopeful then. I'm very secretly hopeful. I mean, I don't play that much. Obviously, when I got this invite, I've been practicing about 14 hours a day just so that, just so that I can gloat, yeah. gloat over you next time I see you. Whatever. <laughs> I've, heard rumors, I've heard rumors that you've been on it for eight to 10 hours a day. That's what I've been told. So... Come on, keep it real now. Yeah, there's probably something like that. You know, way back in the day, I think when Mark Webber was still at Red Bull, I raced him in some kind of similar, you know, you could turn up and you could set a lap time and if you won, you raced Mark Webber. And I did it and I, I ended up racing him and I beat him because again, I don't think he played on the F1 game. And I was such a little teenager, I celebrated by doing the Vettel finger. I think he hated me so much. <laughs> I promise not to be so rude if, if, if there are any That upsets. was mean. That was a mean move. <laughs> but talk to me, because, uh, you know, how are you involved with Heineken? How have you ended up taking part on Sunday? What else do you do with them um, throughout the year? Oh, uh, so Heineken had started back in 2016 when they first came to Formula One. And I met the CMO in the paddock. And I went to him and I said, please, if ever the day comes where you particularly bring out a Heineken 00, um, I've been using alcohol-free beer as a, as a training recovery all throughout my career because it's like the best recovery drink so i went to him and i was like please if ever you bring that out come to speak to me i'd love to be an ambassador for that um and then a couple of years forward i was retired and i went speaking to them again and they said nico now's the time come and join us um when you when you drive never drink campaign is coming out as well for a good cause you know and and zero zero um, and so then i became their ambassador and we've been working together now since so many years and now uh, wow, i'm looking forward to this stunt that we're doing together now bringing together so many different different legends and uh, and racing out uh, out on the esports track and we, we even have a youtube legend joining us <laughs> you can't say the word legend as, as i said to you last time i saw you 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 are officially now a bigger and better youtuber than i am which you know i think has to be has to be applauded i, I probably need to go and do some practice of my own somewhere um, but no hey it's so and cool corona, corona, has destroyed my, corona has destroyed my youtube career <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it i mean for all of us right i've been sitting at home i mean my youtube channel is about driving cool cars in cool places and instead i've been having to play with toy cars or playing on <laughs> online or games i mean it's not quite the same but thank god my audience haven't completely disappeared on me um but no i i'm super excited for me to be able to get involved with this what's the best video you in quarantine what was the best video for you that i've that i've made or that i've seen no, no, that you've made yourself. Oh, good question. Uh, you know what I've done a lot? If I filmed a lot of like coffee making vlogs, I've taken a bit of like Jun Olsen inspiration there and like slow mode coffee making in about 14 different videos. Um, but I've been looking back a lot on last year. So I don't know. I, I can't remember if I saw you. I was doing that round the world trip. So I've got so much extra footage. So I've just been like repackaging it and, and showing some stuff that people hadn't seen before. Even from our time in Monaco when you were doing the stuff with uh, the Formula E safety car and stuff. So just little extra bits people hadn't seen it's the easiest thing to do <laughs> and of course practicing on my e-racing which is what we're going to be getting into uh, into on sunday uh, but look I, I i'm not going to take up too much more of your time because i know time is precious during lockdown <laughs> we've all got things to be things to be doing like watching netflix um but uh just quickly um what have you been doing during lockdown uh where where are you exactly apart from we've established in your cellar uh, where have you been staying how have you been passing the time i'm in my cellar because 
because usually we're in the bedroom for doing work, but the kids are going to sleep. So that would not have been a good idea. So I'm going <laughs> to settle for this one. Um, but we're here in Ibiza in our house now since three months. A lucky situation because we have a garden so we can really enjoy the family time. So we're really fortunate. Actually, I did my first, uh, I did my first trip yesterday. Uh, and I flew to Germany because I'm on the German Dragon's Den uh, for the Americans. Sorry for the Americans watching, it's the, the Shark Tank. So I'm on the German version of that. And so I had the last two days of filming uh, uh, yesterday. And it's very exciting because I consider myself a sustainability entrepreneur. Um, and so there, there's so many like, startups that are, that are attacking sustainability. And uh, so I invested in many of those now. And it's been an exciting journey. I really enjoy it. And so this is a new, uh, new passion project of mine at the moment. That's super cool. What is hilarious is I have been binging on so much Shark Tank on Netflix. It's literally me and my girlfriend. We watch it for hours every day because you just get hooked and you can just keep going through. And then and then I feel bad about life because I'm not an inventor. Is there the latest series on Shark Tank? There's season uh, nine, I think. Season nine. I've only seen the 2009 one pop up on Netflix. Not mistake, mistake. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh it's it's 2017 so they must have updated it that's what that's what i've been watching a series from 2017 okay i'll check it out amazing and there's I'm one done. with ashton kutcher as well that one's really interesting i'm just, i'm an ashton yeah. kutcher fan that's a good one. Oh, well, look, mate, yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time and popping down to the cellar. Um, I'm super excited for Sunday. I think it's going to be a blast. And, uh, and hey, like what a crazy week we've had in the world of F1. I think uh, who knows what might happen in the weeks and months ahead. We've still got Mercedes have got to confirm who's going to be driving for them in 2021. Renault, who's going to be replacing Ricardo? There's so much to figure out. I'll see you probably as I overtake you on Sunday or if I, if I lap you on Sunday. So I'll, I'll wave as I drive past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back my, uh, my past skills. You're going to need them. You're going to need them. Thanks again, buddy. We'll speak soon, I'm sure. Well, they haven't even built up the simulator yet. There's a, box, there's a box right behind the screen of the new simulator. So we haven't even built it up yet. That's, that's going to be your excuse, that you didn't have enough practice. That's it. But, uh, I, will, I will literally have to use that excuse. I'm already using it now. Okay? <laughs> Such a racing driver. Such a racing driver. Blaming the equipment before. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.